We are talking about Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you know, like it's an everyday thing. But nonetheless, Canada poked the bear, the bear poking back. And we have an escalation uh, with Saudi Arabia in a fight that no one seems to really know what it's about. Albeit, I think, behind closed doors they do in the PMO's office. But nonetheless, the, ki- the kingdom says it did not take kindly to be criticized by foreign affairs. And that was, of course, in regards to the arrest of women's rights activists last week. Now, I don't know who sent the tweet. I don't know why we're carrying out diplomatic relations by Twitter. Nonetheless, they are not happy. And today, Russia sidled up to the terror regime to give its support, telling Canada, mind your own business. And the Saudis announced yet more unloading getting rid of the ties with Canada. So they're getting rid of stocks, bonds. They don't care how much it costs, how much they lose. And this, of course, comes after freezing trade, canceling travel to Toronto, telling students to come back, expelling our ambassador. And then today at a press conference, Saudi uh, Foreign Affairs Minister told reporters, Canada knows what it needs to do. It made a big mistake. Yeah, we should have cut you off long ago. But nonetheless, I wasn't at that press conference because that's what I would have been mumbling to myself, because <laughs> I would have been beheaded. Anyway, the prime minister came out today and he spoke to reporters uh, who wanted to know about this and whether or not are we going to apologize. And here's what the prime minister said. Canadians have always expected our government to speak strongly, firmly, clearly and politely. Uh, about uh, the need to respect human rights at home and around the world. We will continue to do that. We will continue to stand up for Canadian values and indeed for uh, universal values and human rights uh, at any occasion. That's something that uh, Canadians expect. It's something that I will always do. Not always. Trudeau says he is not going to dictate to others what they will do. And like he said, he'll always stand up, but he doesn't lecture China. We never, ever hear him criticize Iran, ever. So his outrage is very selective. And we're not even getting any support in this. Saudi Arabia's got support of Russia and a bunch of Arab states. But we can't even get our neighbors to the, you know, next to us to come help us out because the United States says we're not getting involved. So we have a standoff. And we're all alone. It's a wake-up call, though. And I think there is probably something bigger at play. I want to bring Dan McTagg into this conversation because he's not only a petroleum analyst for GasBuddy.com, but as a former Liberal Member of Parliament, uh, he did a lot of dealing with Saudi Arabia and in the Middle East. So he comes at this with a bit of um, a viewpoint that we might not be getting, and he joins me now. Dan, what's your take of this situation going on right now with Saudi Arabia? I mean, we are alone in this thing. It's come out of nowhere. And the U.S. is like, you guys are on your own. What do you what do you take from this? Well, I think it's a bigger uh, issue than uh, what meets the eye. I mean, nobody really gets upset at, uh, you know, someone sending out a, a tweet, even if it happens to be the foreign affairs minister of a country. There has to be something far more uh, at play here than simply... Uh, you know, concern that Canada would have expressed, the Minister of Foreign Affairs would have expressed with respect to uh, another person detained and uh, demand for exercise of human rights. I mean, it isn't the only country that we have concerns about human rights. Take your pick. Uh, you know, China, Iran, uh, the list is, is endless. But the reality here is that the reaction, uh, I think, belies something far more serious. And I, I sense that it has to do more with uh, the, the proxy war. In fact, the, the main 
battle that we're seeing in the Middle East, and that's between uh, the secularist uh, 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 side of uh, each side of the equation uh, between Iran and, and Saudi Arabia, uh, between uh, Sunni Muslims and, of mm-hmm. course, uh, Shia Muslims. And this is uh, perhaps something where Canada may have uh, unwittingly uh, criticized Saudi Arabia for human rights, but uh, failed to do so last year during the revolution when uh, uh, many women were rounded up uh, when they decided to protest against uh, Iranian mullahs. Uh, so, anyway, I, I'm only guessing, mm-hmm. but my sense is Canada's silence in that uh, in that uh, circumstance versus uh, its uh, its decrying of uh, uh, the arrest of Madame Badawi uh, is, I think, uh, perhaps for them uh, the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. Okay, and so you know, when you were with the Liberal Party, you have a lot of experience in this particular area of the world. So you speak from experience. Um, what should Canada be doing then? Because it, it looks uh, obviously they want something from the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister said today there's no apology coming. They stand up for human rights, albeit Canada uh, under this government they're very wishy-washy on which human rights they'll stand up for. They're they're friendly to oh, China, okay. but they'll criticize Saudi Arabia. So they're a little bit schizophrenic with how they apparently uh, go after despots yeah. you know they're they're all too happy with iran but now they're criticizing saudi arabia yeah i mean one thing about diplomacy is you have to be even-handed you have to stand for a set of principles that apply to every person in every country and those principles uh, can't change simply because you want to pay play favorites um i'm not sure that's even the case but whatever has happened it's pretty clear to me that saudi arabia has probably made it uh and certainly telegraphed to canadian officials its absolute displeasure more than what we're seeing here today. There may be actually some, a modicum of diplomacy on their behalf, uh, which the Canadian government knows, and perhaps the Canadian government is not willing to divulge. Maybe there's something else here that uh, is too sensitive or might prove embarrassing. Uh, whatever the case may be, obviously I'm not happy with, Iran, with uh, Saudi Arabia's uh, reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they, uh, you know, it, it may, may very well be a tit for tat uh, if, if they want to. Uh, you know, expel our diplomats, uh, if they want to uh, disrupt trade, if they want to pull investments in Canada, then we have to do the same. But we also, in the same breath, have to be mindful of the fact that this didn't just happen by osmosis. Mm-hmm. And I certainly can't believe it happened because of a, a simple tweet, which I, on the surface, isn't innocuous. The fact that, you know, it was done by the Minister of Foreign Affairs, I think she ought to be a little bit more careful. Um, but it does suggest there is a much bigger plot here that uh, perhaps the media should start to look at. Uh, they certainly have, uh, from my understanding, uh, the questions asked of caucus members, of uh, behaviors in the past, especially with Iran. And I think this is where uh, the irritation comes from. Uh, it's not by accident that mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia is fighting a war, a proxy war in Yemen against uh, uh, Shia rebels, Houthi rebels. Uh, and this uh, situation is indeed why, for instance, Canada's selling you know, 15 million uh, uh, $15 billion worth of armored vehicles. It's that uh, they're involved in a protracted war at a time uh, when there are significant tensions in that part of the world. Uh, we all remember the Arab Spring and how many leaders fell under that uh, uh, in that time. We see the protracted war in, in, in Syria. Uh, so it is, uh, it is an area where there is a continuation of the alignment. Uh, Russia with Iran, yeah. United States with Saudi Arabia. Uh, Canada's got to be very careful in how it chooses its battles. And more importantly, being that you are the foreign affairs minister, be very careful in the words you choose when you advance uh, uh, the ideas and thoughts and ensure that you're not being unduly un- insensitive, which is extremely important in the Middle East. Yeah, and certainly we would explain why the U.S. isn't getting involved, because uh, Mr. Trudeau has made no secret of his um, his fondness for, let's say, Iran, opening and renewing um, relations with that country when we have no business and should be not 
doing any business with Iran either. But let's then turn this into what happens next, um, because I don't want, I don't care who the prime minister is, no one should be apologizing to Saudi Arabia, uh, but second, or any terror regime as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, this to me is a good opportunity. Even if the government screwed up, let's take this opportunity then to say, fine, um, you don't want our stuff, we won't take yours, we, in, including your oil, your dirty conflict oil, and we should be using this as an, ex- as an opportunity to get our oil to market. I think it becomes abundantly clear to all Canadians that they're going to have to make a decision once and for all to set aside, uh, you know, uh, concerns uh, expressed by a very small minority in this country that somehow the sky is falling mm-hmm. and using that as a means of uh, blocking uh, the very essence of our economy, which is our sale of resources and our most important resource, oil in and of itself, which by all accounts is probably the most responsibly uh, managed anywhere in the world. Uh, it's not like we take our oil after uh, uh, we, we 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 extract and leave uh, you know bury it with sand or uh, just leave it there for uh, for generations to figure out later on. We have environmental standards that are extremely sound, that are world class, and for a product for which the world is going to continue to use. Make no mistake, mm-hmm. we can continue to talk about fuel efficiency and uh, renewables until we're blue in the face. But the fact is, you're going to continue to use the fossil fuel, and it is very much in demand. The world wants it. The Americans want it. The Chinese want it. The Indians want it. And, of course, uh, if we don't want to sell it, we want to allow a small minority in this country to block eco-vandals, as I refer to them as, uh, then, of course, we're going to wind up in a situation we find ourselves in now, which is, what is the alternative? Yeah. Uh, and we can be whipsawed. I'm just hoping that Canadians understand that it's time to fish or cut bait. Uh, we need a party in office in Ottawa that's determined to see Canadian oil sold to all Canadians where possible, that pipelines are permitted. And uh, if anybody in this country is uh, willing to oppose that or block a pipeline from going east or west, uh, then we may want to consider equalization payments. It's kind of a little rich for me mm-hmm. uh, as a former parliamentarian to see one province take 50% of the equalization payments in this country, derived in many respects from uh, uh, oil receipts that... Uh, uh, that we uh, that we create in, in in Western Canada, and then at the same time say, well, no, we don't want pipelines. You can't have it both ways. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you can't call yourself a human rights cheerleader. You can't say you love and profess to protect all women and, and uh, minorities and gays, and then take the oil from these regimes uh, who have horrid human rights records. And so I look at this and say, okay, so take this as your opportunity. Get Energy East built. Get the the oil moving because they're watching. I tweeted out something. Uh, on Saudi Arabia today, and I was, um, yeah. <laughs> I got a response from someone in Saudi Arabia, kind of. Say, well, he yeah. he very b- bluntly said, "You can't live without our oil." To which I said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> like don't pick this fight with me because we've got more than enough oil to take care yeah, of." Yeah, we ourselves. have the third largest uh, provable reserves in the world. But remember something: Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia depends ninety percent of its economy depends on oil receipts. Yeah, uh, Canada it's about three to five percent, and that's a big three to five percent because GDP means a lot. Uh, but if the argument becomes zero-sum, we can continue to sell oil at $3 a barrel, uh, you guys can't. The fact is, we probably would stop, mm-hmm. but they would uh, collapse, and they would wind up in the same situation they did in the Arab Spring. That dynasty, that monarchy would tumble, and it would tumble very quickly. So, I mean, there is, you know, uh, we can play that sort of uh, uh, game of chicken. My sense is that this should be a wake-up call for every Canadian mm-hmm. to rally behind our resources and to ensure that we are independent and interdependent when it comes to those kind of political threats, which I think are real. If anything yeah. else, I think I take the, the, the takeaway from the standoff is that Canadians should be able to rely on their own oil, and we should allow it to move freely, especially in a province like Quebec, 
which saw, uh, you know, the Lac Mégantic disaster. Yep. They know that rail by train is, a, is, is dangerous, and they also recognize uh, that when you're building, you know, some of the most polluting cement plants anywhere in North America, you can't, uh, you know, you can't have it both ways. You just can't say that you want to cut emissions because a pipeline might cause emissions somewhere else but have no trepidation with building a cement plant, which has just been built with billions of dollars yep. of federal money, I might add, uh, that is uh, likely the biggest source of contamination of the emissions anywhere in North America. So I think it's time that uh, you know, we, uh, we cut to the chase here and that we, uh, we, we back our winners and that we continue uh, to have the discussion about supporting our programs and supporting good environmental initiatives because we have the money to pay for it because we're getting world price for fuel, unlike today, mm-hmm. where we're taking a $35 uh, a, a barrel discount. That's a $100 million loss to the Canadian economy or $35 billion bucks a year. Yeah. Well, we're living in some fascinating times, Dan, and uh, I appreciate your insight on this. Great to be here. Thank Thanks. And that is Dan McTagg with some pretty interesting thoughts on what he sees as happening. I'm Alex Pierce. This is Global News Radio.